Hello and welcome back to Deserted, a podcast where we send our guests to deserted island with only three dishes and a few ingredients. Our guests discuss their life, family, business, and lots more. I'm Lindy. And I'm Grace. And together we have over 20 food allergies and intolerances, but we are still avid foodies. So join us whilst we dive deep into our guests' experiences and their relationship with food. And find out what dishes they'll be bringing to the island. See you there. See you on the island. Hello, Islanders, and welcome back to season two. This is Lindy here. Um, this is an incredible episode for kickstarting season two. And we kind of just wanted to let the episode speak for itself. It is with the allergy chef, Kathleena, and she has a remarkable and very unique story. And we didn't want to let anything get in the way. And we just wanted to show you the episode right here, right now. So I hope you enjoy it. Please let us know and follow Kathleena. All the links are down below. Thanks. See you on the island. Oh, hi guys. Welcome back to the podcast. We are joined by Kathleena, who is the allergy chef. So we're so happy to have you and for you to join season two of our uh, series. But we would like you to tell us like who you are, um, what you do. And um, yeah, just like pretty much give us like the details on who you are. Hey there, it's so cool to be here and congratulations on season two. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> um, so I'm Kathleen the Allergy Chef. I have more than 200 food allergies and food intolerances. I can't drink most water and it kind of makes me a very unique person. Um, I love creating things that I think the world tells us we can't have um, or just assumes that can't exist. And um, I mean this in the nicest way when I say it, but I love proving people wrong and kind of shoving it in their faces because they're like oh you can't have gluten-free this that and the other and I'm like yeah yeah watch this yes you can um and so I think that's that kind of drive and personality trait um it it kind of I feel like I'm the perfect storm of all the wrong things or what society would think are the wrong things to help drive our community forward you know I think you need people who are willing to defy gravity, right? Who are literally willing to say, let me make a gra- an anti-gravity cake or whatever. Um, just so that kids, especially in our community, can see that like, oh, I'm allergic to all these things and yet there are these really cool creations. And cause that's the thing, right? Like, I think you guys have more of them, especially like in the UK and in Europe, you guys have these great pastry shops, right? We don't have it's not like that here in the States. It's like, uh, like you get a bakery here and there, but it's not like beautiful, traditional French pastry, right? And I actually recently did a French pastry certification and all but one recipe was completely free from. The only one that wasn't, it was because it was like a pistachio cake. And I'm like, okay, I'll use the pistachio just because it's a pistachio cake, but the rest of it, it's going to be egg-free and gluten-free and all the other frees, right? And, you know, the instructors were a little bit like, surprised like wow you not only reinvented our curriculum but it still looks good it still works and um you know now this entire group of people are served and that's kind of my thing i want you know kids in our community to be able to walk down the street and be like i can have that or i can go home and make something just like it you know with 
with elbow grease and creativity, I don't think there's anything that can hold us back except for like egg free souffle. Yeah. And I, I think that's su like super interesting. And obviously you have a very unique situation with, you know, so many allergies, but I guess a little bit just before we dive into the dishes, just a little bit more about sort of your, you know, from your childhood to now for those who maybe haven't, um, who don't know you at all, um, you know, what was your, have you always had the allergies or what has been your sort of um, evolution? Like, so I was undiagnosed for most of my, well, for all of my childhood. I was not diagnosed properly until I want to say like mid twenties ish, somewhere in my twenties was when I got the proper diagnosis. So I was sick my entire life. Um, and, and there wasn't really an advocate. And even though there was like a distinct moment where I was really, really sick from food and um, a whole bunch of specialists and doctors, they were all like, what happened? What happened? And every single one, I would say, I ate the food, I got sick. Not a single one of them said, let's run a food allergy test on this kid. And till this day, that still makes me so upset. Like to literally have this kid shaking, telling you I ate the food and I got sick. And, and you say, okay, cool. Let's do a heart scan. Let's do a brain scan. Let's do this test. Let's see. Like, how did no one out of all the lines of specialists that walked in and out of that room say, you ate the food, you got sick. Hmm. Right. And, and I think that's something that I try to advocate for now just to help other kids not be tortured, hopefully. But, um, you know, if it's not anaphylaxis, at least back then, even now, sometimes if it's not anaphylaxis, people don't think food allergy when the truth is, is there are so many other ways for food allergy to present. And I am a walking case of that. Um, and that's why I say, you know, it's that perfect storm of all the wrong things because so I actually mimic so many illnesses including like cancer and rare diseases like Job's disease just through my symptoms so I could go to a different specialist every day for a year and get a different diagnosis every single time that's how much I mimic um, and so I think it gives me the opportunity to bring forth an awareness that no one else or at least not a lot of other people can you know, it's like, I see certain things and they're like, maybe you have this, or maybe you have that. And I'm like, or maybe you just need to run a food allergy test. Right. You know, like there's, there's all these different things, you know, and, and I, I wish more people could understand that. But as a kid, I was really sick and, um, but nobody really knew why. So it just kind of became who I was. I wasn't like a complainer or anything like that, but when you just always grow up unwell, I don't know, like it just, it just kind of becomes, it is what it is. If that makes sense, it's hard to describe, but I think I just got used to it. I think yeah. it's incredible that you have created this life where you are around food all the time, considering how, what you've just described, you know, like a lot of people are just not even wanting to even be a part of that. Like your journey just, I'm so excited to just talk about your journey through the dishes that you've just decided, but yeah, like, wow. Uh, can I just say something about that, though? Because you're making me laugh because it's so true. But I want to, to say this for people who might feel, um, I don't know, lost by it all. I will say, while I do surround myself in food, I don't surround myself in food scenarios. So like where people have like all these social gatherings that revolve around food, I'm totally excluded. Like, I'm never invited anywhere. I haven't shared a meal with another human in years. Um, it's it's incredibly isolating. Um, so while yes, I can create all these things, I just, I make it and I walk away, right? So it's for those who are feeling lost, like 
find a way to keep yourself involved if especially you're like a people person or you want to be around people you know it's just not feasible you know either financially for people to eat with me um or like even in our home you know it's like i can't sit at the dining room table right it's covered in crumbs it, you know then we have to clean it and then it's covered in fumes and then i can't come in the room for like 20 minutes and then, you know it's this whole process so um i i just i feel like for those who feel excluded you know I know sometimes that barrier to entry is, well, my food looks different from everyone else's. Like, get rid of that idea. Like, just ditch it, you know, because the whole point is that you're with those people who matter to you. Yeah, definitely. And wow. I think it's just, it's really incredible. Even, you know, you, we read online, you know, your allergies and follow you. And obviously it's just hearing it like that just really puts it into perspective, I think. So I think, you know, it would be, you know, you do have a lot of restrictions, but um, I guess for our dish number one of, of what you would take for the take to the island, you know, what is the food that you've sort of um, find comforted and, and can sort of have um, and feel safe um, having at any point? Um, I think one of my foods was my crunchy cookie. And um, mainly because, I mean, texturally it's nice and it tastes good and it doesn't make me sick. When did you discover, like, when did you make it? When did you discover the recipe? Like, at what point in your journey did you discover that crunchy cookies are the thing for you? Okay, so my, I haven't, re I reached neutral probably a few months ago, right? Even with a diagnosis, finding safe foods. So for me, the tests were great. And at the same time, they still didn't quite cover everything. Um, and so it's always been this, you know, learning process and always a, an issue of eliminate, re-eliminate, eliminate, re-eliminate, re um, because there are certain things that I should be able to eat. And then of course I would spend all this time sourcing a corn-free version and, um, only to find out I still couldn't eat the item. Right. So getting down to, to nine ingredients, that's when I finally hit neutral or at least as close to neutral as I think I will probably ever get. Sorry, what? Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but what for, I'm, I mean, I'm not clear. What does neutral mean um, for you? Okay, so neutral is when you have zero reactions to food. And right. it's a term that we use, especially with people with a complex case or non-traditional reactions, right? Um, if you can imagine a person who, especially on the food intolerance level, you know, like I like to say, if you have quick and obvious reactions to specific foods, you're actually in the lucky group, for lack of a better word because you eat the food, you get incredibly ill. It's really obvious what went wrong. For everyone else, it's food journaling, it's eliminating, it's reintroducing, it's determining, are there other issues like a um, vitamin or mineral deficiency? Are we dealing with leaky gut? Do you have a different illness, right? That then um, resides with a food allergy and there's like just this overlap. So it's, there's a huge amount of people. Well, not huge. I mean, we're still technically the minority of the minority. But in terms of numbers, right, we're talking hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people that fall into this group. Um, or for people where they have an illness, like say gout, where change in diet alleviates symptoms, right? So in their case, it's not an allergy, it's not an intolerance, but a change in diet will make them feel better. Can they reach neutral where they're no longer feeling symptomatic of the underlying disease? So the term is kind of a catch-all of just really, are you finally feeling normal, right? Like no reactions, you can go through your day without any issues. So that's what that term would refer to. And so for you, nine foods make you neutral? Correct. And what are those nine foods? 
So that's going to be my safe water, uh, tiger nut oil, blackberries, lemons, tiger nut flour. That's five. Salt, six. Arrowroot, seven. I'm like looking around the kitchen. What are the other ones? Um, and a couple others. I have, I mean, yeah. I should know this off the top of my head, but oh, and my bison. Um, right. Did I say my water? I think I yeah. did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because um, people who know me, they're like, you realize water, oil, and salt doesn't count. I'm like, are you trying to make the list smaller? Like, can't you just <laughs> let me enjoy my list? Yeah. 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 That's, so, that's so interesting. Like, just as a tangent, like, I sometimes can't remember the foods I'm allergic to. Like, sometimes because it's not, it doesn't come across my life that often. So, because I avoid like certain restaurants or certain cuisines. So, it, I don't you know, I don't, I avoid them really easily. Whereas like you were, your list of like what you can have is the same yeah. way that I talk about what I can't have. Yeah. And so it's so interesting. Like if you really change it over and like, if I could, I couldn't even list the amount of foods I can have, you know, but yeah. you can't even list the amount of foods you can't have. It's just like, it's that whole, it's just, it, it flabbergasts me just like when you were saying it, I was just like, so like it's just it puts it in perspective and I think it's just this is exactly what this podcast is about is it's like caring about food and but no matter what you still are you still enjoy food it's just in a different way than how most people enjoy food like so for you like it's a it's cooking in like cooking for for other people that will be how you enjoy food not for us it's about how we enjoy eating and it's probably very different and I think it's just so yeah I just I'm just like, I'm just shocked when you just said it. I was like, that's so, that's just so crazy. Yes. How have you, how's that like impacted, I guess, your mindset and sort of your mental health, right? Because that's, you know, that is a tough list of, you know, nine foods being able to eat. I mean, I'm sure, you know, how yeah. mentally maybe over the years have, has it changed? Have you, um, do you have any tips and tricks, um, sort of how you've coped, um, um, or if you find yourself in like a low period of just, I can't deal with this anymore. How do you get out of that? So for me, I am definitely the opposite of almost everyone else within the community of anyone with a restricted diet. Right. And here's what I mean by that. Um, one of my reactions is mental health issues, right? We're talking crippling suicidal depression. I lived for years wanting to jump off a bridge every day, right? You wake up every morning. You're just like, can I be dead? like literally wanting to just die every single day. Now I grew up in an abusive household, so I'm sure that didn't help anything, but there came a point post-diagnosis where I woke up one day and literally did not want to jump off of a bridge. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is how normal people feel, right? And that was the first moment where um, that symptom was officially like everybody, we could all agree like, okay, clearly there's a symptom here that's been undiagnosed for a very long time. I'm really grateful that I was never medicated for it. Um, probably because I didn't speak up. I'm sure if I had spoken up as a kid, right? Oh, I just want to jump off a bridge. Like I would have been, you know, institutionalized or, you know, hopped up on a bunch of pills that I'm actually allergic to. And that would have made it worse. So there was a very, very long, many years of suffering, right? But on the flip side, being able to see the opposite, you know, now, of course, some people are talking about things and they're like, yeah, I feel so this, or I feel so that. And I'm kind of like, listen, you might have a chemical imbalance, but you almost, you also might just need to change your diet, right? Like people, most people don't see the connection between mental health and food. 
but you know they say we are what we eat and we kind of stopped saying it but i think we should have kept saying it because it's really important and so the real connection was made when one day um so there, there's a couple of bits um for people with a severe corn allergy there's a more rare symptom which we all lovingly call corn rage and it just means it's essentially inflammation of the brain like i have no other way to say it where your brain kind of feels like it's on fire and you go from zero to 60 in two seconds flat and you're just ready to punch a hole through a wall right in fact there's there's actually a gash in our kitchen cabinet from where i had a knife and i was just like slamming a knife against the cabinet i mean it's full-on rage okay um that's like red flag clue number two obviously but one day i was driving and i realized as i'm driving this is like past the point where we realized that there's a connection here and you know more foods are being eliminated constantly eliminated this is during like I want I would call it like a discovery phase. I'm driving and I realize I want to drive my car off a cliff right now. Like I literally went from being okay, like I'm literally just driving home from the grocery store to it hits you like a ton of bricks. If I hit the divider that I'm driving by at 80 miles an hour right now, what are the odds that I will die? That's literally what I was thinking on my way home. And so for me, it's that's why I say I'm the opposite, right? Where most people lose these foods and hit a low point or think this is so sad for me it's the most clarity right it's it's something i never experienced until way later in life and i finally felt like okay i can i can manage this right um so for me the pain is so great i don't care about the food lost does that make sense like i for me like when you're doubled over in crippling pain literally begging for death because you're just in so much physical pain i'm not even talking the mental health element i mean like some of my reactions are just so physically painful you'd rather be dead like i don't need that i'll take my nine and just not complain and walk away right i'll take the nine and i'll figure out what i can do with it and i will be happy with that and i will focus on temperature and texture and all the things I tell everybody else to do, I'm just going to practice what I preach. And I might go out on a limb and try something new here and there to see if it's, you know, tolerable or whatever. But like, I can get my work done, you know, like, I'm just going to focus on my nine. And so I, that's why I say, I think I'm just the opposite of everyone, you know, like most people are going to look at that loss and just like focus on the loss and grieve the loss and all these things. But for me, you know, back like in the worst of it if you were just to barely touch me i was in excruciating pain the inflammation response was so insane i could not get through the day so it's like to be free of all of that i'll take the nine like i'm fine like really this is this is better than everything else so i get that most people can't associate with that because maybe they're only losing gluten or only losing tree nuts or only losing the you know these two or three things and so for them, it's so much easier to focus on the loss instead of what's been gained. It's so, that honestly is really important. And I think if anyone has ever been in physical pain day after day and then mental and mental pain coming along with that, I think they can understand and like it might not be with allergies but you know chronic illnesses and things like that, you know, there's, I have a chronic illness and you know, I feel like a lot of people can understand that and then some people will grieve the loss and feel like their whole life is completely turned upside down just because they have lost one 
food group or, you know, and I completely understand that, but that gratitude, that gratitude doesn't really come overnight, right? It comes during day-to-day practice and realizing, oh my goodness, like you said, I can, is this how everybody else lives? You know, like, it's like bloating and IBS, right? Once you realize the, like, the causation of your IBS, you probably have so much relief going, oh my God, is not everybody bloats every day? That's crazy, right? So that's incredible. And I think, like, I think our listeners will really take that on board. Like, that's, like, for me, I am doing it as well. So thank you. I feel like I could be wrong. I feel like I could be wrong, but I think anyone with a chronic illness, especially, I think if you offered them like the exchange, like, hey, you have to lose these 50 foods, but you'll be free of your disease. I think everybody would take the deal. Yeah. Like if you if you have a, like a long-term chronic illness and you've been through the ringer, I think you just take the deal. Yeah. Personally. 100%. Yeah. Um, so with that, what is your dish number two? Because that is very, I'm very interested to hear about that. Okay. So dish number two um, is homemade, homemade yogurt. It's been a journey to get to it um, because, so I have a cow's milk allergy that's pretty severe and um, I've experimented with sheep's milk. The hardest thing is finding sheep not fed corn, right? Because of that severe corn allergy. Right. I can't have any, I can't have the meat or any product from an animal fed what I'm allergic to. Okay. So that puts me in like one of the most rare categories you can be in. In fact, there are some farmers and scientists who say, oh, that's not real. I'm like, really? Why don't you come eat with me? <laughs> Let's see how real it is, right? Um, if anything, that I think that makes me so angry when people are dismissive because they're like, oh, that can't happen. Like, actually it can, it's just not common. Maybe you should change what you say, right? Um, so with the homemade yogurt, funny story, I'd been trying to make yogurt with tiger nut milk, which by the way, you can't do because um, it's basically just flavored water. Like you're not getting anywhere. Um, but then there's this farm that started selling milk in our area a couple months ago and I saw, and it's a raw milk product, which is even better. And I'm like, you know what, let me call them. And so I call the lady up and she's really cool. And she's like, yeah, we never feed them corn and we never feed them this. And we never, and I'm just like, you're like a, you're, you're a godsend. Like, this is amazing. Right. So I buy this extremely expensive milk. It's 20 bucks for, um, like, I think. 60 ounces like it's pretty pricey right like it's not like I think the regular cost of milk is like maybe three dollars for the same size so it just to give you perspective on what it that's why I say earlier you know it's not affordable for people to eat with me this is why um and so I tried it out you know obviously for me it's always the first couple sips you're gonna know whether or not it's gonna work I feel fine I'm like okay So over the course of like a week, I'm just trying a little bit, trying a little bit, trying a little bit, and I'm not getting sick from it. Normally I'd be like so sick from these kinds of products. I'm like, okay, this might actually work out. Um, Over the course of the past couple of months, I think I've had like maybe 15 of those containers. So I'm pretty sure it's working, right? (laughs) So um, then I got the clever idea to make yogurt because there's a place that sells a sheep's milk yogurt in our area. And it only makes me a bit sick. Like, not enough that I'd eat it regularly because, like, I'm cool. I don't need that in my life. Um, Because I know that it has to do with, like, the seasonal feedings because she's like, well, sometimes we feed them corn, but not all the time, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you'll never find anybody that doesn't feed them corn. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, like, you will eventually. You'll find someone. And so 
the um, what I do is I use their yogurt as my starter because this other company they only make the milk, so it's like just a smidge of you know a mil- a yogurt that mm, kind of sits well with me, but distributed amongst sixty four to to about a hundred ounces of the other milk, it, it works out. And so I've been eating this homemade yogurt for a while now, and it's interesting because it's actually made a huge difference, right? Um, and I think it's really the fat content because without it, I wasn't really getting a lot of dietary fat, like at all. And um, I mean, there's the tiger nut oil, but you know, it's not like you're gonna sit there and drink a gallon of tiger nut oil a day or anything. And so I've gone from not really being able to thermoregulate to actually being able to thermoregulate, which is a huge improvement. Like people don't realize how big of a deal that is but like when you're sitting in a house that the thermostat says 75 and you're wrapped up in six blankets and you have a space heater on, like it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so it's really funny because sometimes I'll be like, oh my goodness, I think I have a fever. And somebody else will come by, they're like, that's just normal. And I'm like, oh, is that what this feels like? Cause like I'm dying, you guys, it's so hot, right? Like, they think it's hilarious when I get to a normal temperature. Cause I, I feel like I'm just like overheating at that point. But yeah, this yogurt has been really cool. Um, great experiment. And um, yeah, like it's just really cool. How do you Sorry. feel when um, when you do find something that you can eat? Like how does how does that how does that actually feel for you? Um, I try to keep my feelings out of it only because I've been burned by food so much that I never want to get my hopes up. Like I, you know, it's funny. Um, I hate false hope. I think false hope is one of the cruelest things ever. So I purposely don't allow myself to have hope. Like it's, it's like a hard rule for me. But when you find like now that you're having your yogurt, do you enjoy it in that way? Or is it just like, no. oh, this is something I just eat now? I think it's more of like a contentness, like, oh, this is nice. Um, I appreciate the texture of it because um, I love ice cream. And the reason why is because of the texture and the temperature. Yeah. Um, but I don't do well with loads of sugar. So it's hard to justify even homemade ice cream. Cause it's like, if you don't use enough sugar, it tastes like gross. Right. Um, and so being able to have something of that temperature and that texture without the sugar has been really, really nice. But, um, even now it's like, you're almost always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. So even now, like what's interesting is because it's a raw milk product, the company, um, they had to do a recall because in California it's highly regulated and the bacteria count was too high. So they haven't been in stores for almost a month now. And I was lucky enough that right before the recall, I had purchased like seven containers. So it only just ran out like a couple weeks ago, but now I'm just sitting and waiting to see if it ever even comes back. So it could be that I discovered pay dirt and I'll never have it again. So I think for me, that's one of the reasons I, I just, I don't let my hopes get up because it can be gone tomorrow. I, th- I think it's really interesting that kind of statement. And it goes back to what we sort of were talking about earlier about, you know, your enjoyment comes from, you know, cooking for people and um, that's where the enjoyment of food comes from and sort of the, the love rather than the actual physical eating of it, which I think both Lindy and I have gone through our ups and downs with the actual like relationship, the eating of the food, um, just in terms of, you know, anxiety and all of that. But I guess with your, you know, you, you know, you know, you have kids in the house, in the house and, um, you cook a lot for them and for other people sort of, how does, what's that dynamic like to sort of, you know, cook for your kids and, and sort of 
create an environment where your kids feel safe and enjoy food as well? Um, I think it's hilarious sometimes because I'll cook something and I'll be like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. I'm like, you said that last week. And they're like, no, I really mean it. Like it really <laughs> is, you know? And I'm like, well, why? And then they, you know, watching them try to describe food is hilarious sometimes. Um, I think hilarious is what it is for me because I have no point of reference. I can't eat it, right? I'm cooking, you know, people color by number. I, or, you know, I, I'm cooking by color and by sound and by what I think it's going to be. Um, so I find the whole process like hilarious, like that works, you know, it's, it's funny to me, but it's also really cool to me. Um, like you said, I think that's, that is the real joy. Um, it also helps that I can't do the dishes because I have the contact dermatitis. So I don't even have to clean up the mess. Um, so for me, it's like, it's the ultimate expression of creativity, right? Like walk in, invent something new that nobody's ever eaten before and, um, serve it up. And, you know, uh, I know we share a lot of dessert type recipes, but I also make like better for you foods too. Um, just to make that clear, I'm kind of like a, a very quiet health freak. I really love, you know, nutrition and dense foods that are going to not only fill you up, but, you know, really make sure that all your bases are covered because that's an overlooked side effect of food allergy, right? When you, if you, you know, if you're only free from like three things and they're not even like huge food groups, I think you're fine, all right? Eat a well-rounded diet, you're gonna be fine. But then once you say, okay, you can't have, let's say top eight or top nine, you can't have any of those. You've just eliminated some seriously major food groups, right? Where are you getting your you know, vitamin A, your vitamin B, your B12? Like where are you getting all these dietary needs from, right? Or you throw in alpha-gal, right? People who can't do any kind of meat, like that. that's gonna be hard, especially with other combinations. like. It's interesting because some people, you know, people come to us and with most diagnoses, I look at them, and I go, oh, that's easy, right? Because it's easy relative to me. Whereas I see other combinations and I'll actually tell you like, oh, that's actually hard. And they're like, really? I'm like, well, it's hard because you're going to miss out on these key vitamins. And so getting enough of that particular vitamin, like you're going to be drinking some really gross, big old smoothies every day, or, you know, you've got to find a multivitamin that's going to work. But as we all know, especially with multivitamins, vitamins and food allergy, you know, it's not labeled well, the sourcing is questionable. You know, some companies, they make it very clear, we only test for gluten and dairy, and that's it. That's all we can vouch for. Um, and I respect that because when you have 40 ingredients in your multivitamin, that's a huge supply chain to cover, right? And so for people in certain groups, it becomes really difficult. And so for me, knowing that not only have I fed you well, but I gave you an experience that you wouldn't have gotten somewhere else. I'm giving you restaurant quality, if not better, and I'm making sure that all those nutritional needs are met. To me, that's what you know the whole process is about, and that's what makes it enjoyable. It's it's just creating something that's I don't know practical and fun at the same time. You know? Yeah, that's that's really special, I think, uh, which is a great segue into sort of your next your last dish that you'll bring to the island. Um, sort of what that next nutrient nutrient dense food out of the nine that we can bring with you <laughs> so i'm bringing my bison um just because it makes the most sense um i don't know if i can only take one cut or if i have to take like the whole bison and butcher it myself the rules weren't very clear on what i have to do in this we'll island, give you the whole but, bison uh, yeah thank you i really <laughs> Yeah. A whole, um, yeah. what's a herd of them? <laughs> oh excellent okay um so it you know it gives me options in terms of that you know it's so funny because 
going back to that question what's on the island i was also thinking like well do i only get fire like is it like a deserted island or am i getting cooking tools is there electricity like those are the kinds of things running through my head as i'm thinking about myself right personally um because i'd like to be able to cook the bison in multiple ways to keep it interesting and you know that actually brings up the best thing that i can tell people is that i think especially when you're super restricted forget about how many foods you can eat right like ditch the idea ditch the idea of restriction don't even use the word right instead think about how many different ways can i prepare this food how many different tools can i use you know and that's something that you know on our social media and on our um membership platform i talk about a lot it's like buy every tool right have the dehydrator the ice cream machine the blender the kitchen aid the deep fryer the air fryer like literally have every tool because you're going to find that you know if you take a pound of bison and dehydrate it now you've got like a jerky type product and that's really cool you take that pound of bison you stick it in your oven you got something else you know you buy a meat slicer now you can have lunch meat you know, you take each different tool and now we're creating different texture experiences. And obviously you can freeze a lot of this stuff too, so you can keep pulling from it. And um, I think to me, that's, that's what gives you the freedom from the word restricted. It's having these options available. But if all you ever do is just only take your ground bison and cook it on the stovetop, you will be so bored. You will resent your diagnosis. You will hate your bison after the 10th time you've eaten it. And you're going to be like ready to throw your arms in the air, which is why when you had first asked, you know, how do you cope with it? Like, that's the key. The key is don't force yourself into one thing, right? Even if you only had three safe foods, like we, there's, um, we've got a family friend and they have a daughter who's incredibly ill and um, everybody lovingly calls this child my twin because uh, failure to thrive, like at birth and the kid now has a feeding tube. And I think her number of safe ingredients are like, I think she's around nine or 10 like me. She might have a couple more. Um, and she's a lot like me as well, right? Like you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so her mom and I would often sit and I'd go, okay, so she has like this elemental formula. And I'm like, how much stuff can we make with this formula? Like we can make smoothies, we can make ice cream, we can make, and I'm always going down the list. Like, have you done this with the formula yet? You know? Um, she makes a fake cannoli. It's actually really cool. You take the formula and then you dry it out almost like a twill, and then you can roll it. So it's like a fake tortilla. It's a cross between a tortilla and a twill, and you can roll it. Then you make a faux cream out of baby formula basically, and you fill it. So you've got this creamy crunchy experience, right? It's, it's making stuff like that where I'm like, how much more of this can we get away with? Right. Um, because the more textures you can introduce, the more temperatures, the more freedom you have. That's, yeah, I mean, that's cool. I try to do that as well with my meal prep. It's pretty much the same ingredients, just done a different way. <laughs> it's like, it's just, I, you don't get bored when you just do it multiple ways. And I think that is like, that allows you to have the freedom with your diet and the joy, the joy with the diet as well. Um, yeah. But that also moves on like perfectly to the next part of the show is the ingredient. What ingredient are you gonna take to your desert island? Oh, like the one? Yeah, the one ingredient. Um, it's gotta be tiger nuts mm. or safe water. I mean, if it's, I don't have my water, I mean, that's gonna be bad too. I, we will give you the whole water surrounding the island is safe for you. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
then I'm taking tiger nuts only because you can make tiger nut oil, tiger nut flour, tiger nut milk. I'm assuming you're letting me have a, a kitchen fully powered. For sure. um, in which case yeah. now I can make like a crepe and um, I don't know, some other weird stuff. I mean, it's going to be weird, but I'll take it. What's funny is that me and Grace have never had tiger nut, have we? No, no, I'm too, because we're both um, anaphylactic to nuts. Yeah. Okay, um. so here's the funny thing about tiger nuts. <laughs> I always tell people like, we need to take a moment to mourn them and to grieve their loss because they are the worst named ingredient on the planet. I can't they're actually not, they're not nuts. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I can't, mentally, you know, I can't get past it. You can't really. Yeah, oh, we have. This is exactly the problem with tiger nuts. Yeah, this is it. I have um, a tiger nut flower in my um, cupboard, which I haven't touched for months because I'm just, <laughs> war- I'm just, pl- I'm waiting for the day where I feel safe enough to try it. <laughs> Can I tell you, I do the same thing. People often, um, we talk about this, and like, um, I've got, I know at least one or two other people who do it, but I, if it's for me even to just trial, right? I will buy it and it will probably expire and I'll throw it away and buy another one and still just keep like, I just kind of keep it around. So I just look at it and get used to the idea of seeing it around. And like, you know, you kind of warm up to it. Eventually you, you even smell it and then eventually you'll taste it, right? Like I can totally relate to this process. Like it's, you know, when you've been burned by food so much, I think kind of has to be a process, right? Like you can't just jump right back in. I don't think anybody does that. Yeah. It's a good idea to smell it. Yeah, yeah. Try and get like try and get your senses all into it so that you can yeah, it'll be easier. I usually do like I try things in the day when I know that my mom knows where I am and what I'm doing and like all of this and I just don't have the time at the minute, but (laughs) soon, soon. (laughs) Um, No, but that makes total sense. I mean we so at our at our bakery we actually have customers we've actually had two customers do this and it's not uncommon. They will buy a product, drive to the emergency room, sit in the parking lot with an EpiPen, and then have their child try the product. And um, this is after thoroughly researching a product, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that we've had multiple customers do it, I'm like, like, I know it's going to work for you. And I'm so happy knowing that it's going to work for you. But at the same time, I'm crushed inside that that has to be your process. Yeah. Like that you've been so burned by it all that that's the only way to safely trial a food, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is scary. I've done that once before and it is, yeah, it's quite scary. Some people go in and they can try something and it is safe for them. What is a favorite brand that is safe for you that you, or maybe not safe for you, but that you feel good to buy? Like what is the brand that like has helped you in your life and in like, in so your So if we're talking to me personally, then it's gotta be Organic Gemini. They make the tiger nuts that I buy. Okay. Um, that makes the most, I mean, that's where most of my daily calories come from at this point. Um, the three key companies in my life are Organic Gemini, Summit Spring, Raw Water, and um, what's the third one? It was just on my t- the tip of my tongue. Those are two of them. Funny because I kind of worry about them sometimes because I know they're not making a load of profit. You know, that's like this misconception in free from is that because something costs 10 times more, we think that they're making a bunch of profit. The truth is, is they're not even breaking even mm-hmm. like at all. Um, the guy who produces my water, he at one point was like, so ready to close up shop. And every time he's ready to close up shop, one of us sends him an email and we're just like, dude, just thank you again. Like, because without you, I'd literally be dead. Right. And um, that's what keeps him in business right now is the fact that 
he knows there are literally, you know, a handful of us that this is it for us. If he goes down, we all go down. Right. Um, And so it's, I wish people could understand that. And I'm always telling, you know, and people within the community, if you find a brand that, you know, you can have support them. Right. Because if we don't as a community rally around these producers, they can't keep producing for us. Right. I mean, I make it a point to buy stuff. I don't need at the grocery store and make my kids eat it because like they will, but like, I don't need to spend the extra 10, $15 every time, but I do because it tells stores, keep buying this product, keep it on the shelves. And hopefully for people who really need it, it helps them, right? Like keep their product available. So, um, yeah. No, I completely agree. I'm, you know, I think a lot of people in the allergy community or people who have food restrictions or even are vegan are just like, just really, you know, hold on to the certain brands that they just enjoy and like makes them feel special and that you can partake and or just you know enjoy and keep us going um so i totally relate to that which is what our like season two is mainly about is just really sharing brands and businesses that like are helping this community there's like a collection of people it's it's not just the brand but it's like the people behind the brand you know um like one of them is zigo foods and the owner Uh, she actually used to lobby the u.s government to help you know get food allergy awareness going and all these things and it's like oh there's just so many amazing people that are trying to help our community um just stay fed right if there was one thing that you make that you could bring to the island i know that you might not be able to eat it but something that is meaningful to you a, a dish that you make for others maybe your kids or even that you make for yourself maybe it's a tiger nut crepe but if there's one dish that you could bring um that you make what would it be I think um, it's a toss-up between the pineapple curd tart and the faux hazelnut cake. Mm. Um, And they both have a similar story in that they mimic traditional French pastry. They look gorgeous, like not to toot my own horn, but I work really hard on those cakes and those projects. Um, And they're both top nine free. And they represent so much freedom to me. When I see them, it's like, it's almost like our flag, right? Um, You know, when we think about freedom and what it really means. And I look at those creations and I think of the millions upon millions upon millions of people with food allergies, most can have this. You know, not everybody, because I realize, you know, like not everybody can have this one ingredient that I use or this other thing, but like most of our community can eat these. They look gorgeous they have the right mouth feel, you know, it's the layers, it's the color, it's, it's just everything about them just represents how amazing we can be if we just put in that elbow grease and that creativity. I feel like that, those two things, those two recipes, especially like, you know, and kind of the cake from our bakery, but it represents me as who I think I want to be, you know, it's like, it's that, um, that beacon right i want to be that beacon of hope like when people think of the allergy chef i want people to think i can have anything i want except for egg free souffle like i'm not gonna <laughs> give up that like, you are not getting egg free souffle i will not give you false hope but i want children to have that hope mm-hmm. i can have anything i want you know kids so our bakery we um we got an order once we used to do this thing so san francisco which is where we're located well not in the city but pretty close um, is about six hours north of Los Angeles. And so 
couple of years ago, we would do these runs where we would drive down to Los Angeles and deliver cakes from our bakery. And we got an order one year for a birthday cake. And at the birthday party, seven of the 10 kids had never had cake at a party before. And because it was from our bakery, these seven kids could finally have cake at a party. I mean, if that doesn't represent inclusion and freedom, I don't know what else does, right? And that's that beacon that I want to be. I want people to think the allergy chef and I can have it all. My kids can have it all. We can all eat this food together. You know, that's what our whole membership platform is about. Like you go to the advanced recipe search, you have 85 filters. Like we try to think about everybody that got left behind, you know, carrot allergy, cinnamon allergy, like all the things nobody thinks about. Like we've got you, right? We remembered you and we just want you to know, like there's a space for you at the table too. Oh, that's, that like warms yeah. my heart. Oh my goodness. Like now I just, I got goosebumps. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what it is. Like that, that to me, that's, it's like, that's what those recipes represent to me. It's, it's everybody coming together and having yeah. something beautiful, you know? I almost want it to like end there, but like we have the last, <laughs> last bit of the episode, but that's okay. <laughs> Cause I'm sure you're going to say something great after as well. But um, our last part of the episode is always that unfortunately a wave has just come and um, washed the two of your dishes away. And you have to pick the one dish that you brought to the island to stay with you for the rest of your remaining time. So which one? You got no. You got to tell me how much time is there. That's not fair. How much time am I on the island for? You're just asking such such you're, good questions that you no were one asked before, putting us on the spot. Then you were there um, for the remainder of the time you need to be there, and that does it. It just depends on. I love how you're trying to get all philosophical on me on this. It was a political answer. Okay. So, Um, which dish are you going to bring? Stick, stay with you on the island. Fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it around on you. You ready? While I was on the island, I got smart. I took my crunchy cookies and I crushed them up into the shape of breadcrumbs. Then I mixed them into my ground bison. So it's a cross between a crunchy cookie and a bison meatball thing. So it's basically this oddly sweetened meatball. That's what I'm keeping. We'll give that to you because that's a good, you. really good creative answer. I'm gonna right? give it, I feel yeah. like you can play this game. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a really good answer. And the fact is it really shows how creative you are in the kitchen, which is basically <laughs> your business. <laughs> that's true. It really just, it speaks to you and, and everything that you do that you just came up with that right now. Because I'm not going to lie though. Okay. So, I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably you- wouldn't have for the listeners if you want to know the underlying truth behind that as they asked me this question i thought nutritionally what's going to bring me the most bang for my buck and as i'm thinking about the cookies i'm thinking well that's all the sugar and the carbs right you get quick energy but then of course your actual nutrition is coming from that bison and i'm like well i need both and uh that's how i'm going to get both i'm going to kind of just skirt under the radar and make breadcrumbs love it that's what love it love it oh i would thank you so much this has just been like honestly probably like if not one of the top three most inspiring episodes I just don't if not the but don't want to say anything (laughs) um but no it's just been so wonderful speaking to you and um just hearing your journey and just like how positive you are I'm sure all our listeners are just gonna leave feeling um just warm and fuzzy on the inside I mean I certainly do yeah I think it's I think it's a really um 
I hate the word inspirational because people call me that and I just get really annoyed with it because I'm just living my life. But right. I think it's a really insightful episode given the fact of not everyone has has been a, like has seen or heard of a, somebody whose story is like yours. And I think it's yeah. insightful to just show how much we can be grateful, but also just like how other people do manage other things, you know? Like I think sometimes we can be wrapped up in our own world and in our own struggle. And I think it's just really important to just shine a light on other people's issues. Like what you said, like a cinnamon allergy, like a lot of people have said, well, you can't be allergic to blah, blah, blah. You know, I think it's just really important to just constantly be sharing how much allergies are just not a one size fit all it's not anaphylaxis it's not you know it's it's it all encompassing and there's it's such a scale and I think it's just really such a good episode to just showcase that and like yeah I'm just so happy that we started season two off with you like it's know, just it's great so <laughs> yeah it's so funny great. you would say that because that's actually why I've been I mean not a lot of people use the term restricted diet but I've been pushing it a lot in my time online mainly because I feel it's more inclusive. Like if you have an allergy, you have a restricted diet. If you have an intolerance, you have a restricted diet. If you have an autoimmune disorder that requires diet change, you have a restricted diet. It's like, I want these people to realize like you're not in this struggle alone, right? Yes. You have a whole bigger community, believe it or not. Like to me, there's a giant Venn diagram, right? Like the paleo group and the SCD group and the Crohn's group, believe it or not, we can all have a party together, right? It's like yeah. there, there's this huge overlap and you know, they say comparison, robs you of joy. And I think it's important to honor and acknowledge your own loss. So I always tell people like grieve the loss, hit the sweet tooth, and then pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Like those are the first three things to do. But like, if nothing else, allow me to serve you as a person so that you can then remind yourself, if she's got nine and she has cookies, I can do it too. Like use that as your springboard, you know, and just like, if I've got nine and I would trade with you in a heartbeat, trust me, you've got so much more that you can make. I think that's the perfect way to end it. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on here. Like, I think you're, you are such a big voice in online and just like, I'm just so excited that we got to finally speak. I've been following you for years and years. And I think it's so nice to like hear you speak and, um, that like my whole philosophy is just like inclusion because I I felt excluded I don't I couldn't even imagine like uh, feeling more excluded than I I felt and I think I'm just so glad that I just got to hear your story so thank you so much for even sharing and opening yourself up to our audience and to us like yeah I'm just really grateful thanks for having me thanks for letting me be in the UK for a while it was really <laughs> it's not good to have you <laughs> Oh, that was so nice, guys. Thank you. Well, thanks, guys, for joining. And um, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>